It is when I asked myself why I kept looking for new things, why I was bored, why I kept changing. Um, I think I was looking for a meaningful and a deeper purpose, and I didn't know about it. But once I um, had that moment, that um, commitment really to my co-founder that we're doing this for the long term, I found a purpose that's just deeper. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. I'm honored to have such a good friend of mine on the show today, Tomer London, the co-founder and CPO of Gusto. Tomer is the co-founder and chief product officer of Gusto, a software company helping hundreds of thousands of businesses start, build, and grow their teams. He's optimistic, easily excitable, chronically impatient, and a loving father of three, and a really good friend of mine. Welcome, Tomer. Tomer London. Boom. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for hosting me here. Uh, yes. We're in Israel, yeah. but usually we see each other in San Francisco. You're the chief product officer and co-founder of Gusto. Yeah. Honestly, one of the most amazing companies that I know of, not just because you're in an amazing space and you're helping small businesses in, in an amazing, amazing way, but the culture that you're helping build and the mentality that you're bringing with you wherever you go as a person mainly, I'm inspired by it. Thank you. Uh, and so I really want to thank you first of all for the friendship yes. and the mentorship and for agreeing to do this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. 10 thank years, so 10 years at Gusto. Yeah. You were doing your PhD at Stanford after right. you're doing your master's. Started three people. Yeah. 10 years later. Do you believe you're there for 10 years? Yeah. Well, I, I was, uh, I was just, th- I was just thinking about this. So, um, so I started three people around almost 10 years ago now, and now 1500 gusties in, uh, uh, remote. So everywhere basically, but our main office is San Francisco, Denver, New York. As you said, we're helping, uh, over a hundred thousand small businesses in the U.S. Hundred thousand. Yeah, and actually much more. We just this are this, this is the the official the official the official number, <laughs> but the number is much higher. But over a hundred thousand small businesses to start, build, and grow their teams. Uh, these are people just like my dad, who has a small clothing store in Haifa, and um, you know, small businesses are just a huge part of my life and a huge part of so many people's lives. And uh, helping them is is helping people who are the underdogs and social mobility and and people who make the community, you know, what, what it is and much, much more wonderful and colorful. So really, really feel privileged to be working on this, but to your question about, you know, 10 years, I never thought they'll do anything for 10 years. Um, I don't think I've done anything before Gusto that's been more than three years, three years, the military, uh, in Israel. So, um, and I really struggled and even within the military, I changed jobs multiple times and, I always was the type of person who would change and look for the next challenge and get bored really quickly and want something else. And, um, and I think there's kind of two sides to it. The first one is, um, actually the job, my job as a co-founder and product person in the company has changed basically every year or two, um, organically being the head of product in a three people or a 10 people company is very different than being the head of product of a thousand people company. So the job itself really, really changes and what you do really changes. Um, but I'll tell you something else, which is uh, more on the deeper level. Um, which is when I asked myself why I kept looking for new things, why I was bored, why I kept changing. 
um, I think I was looking for a meaningful and a deeper purpose and I didn't know about it. But once I um, had that moment, that um, commitment really to my co-founder that we're doing this for the long term, I found a purpose that's just deeper. It's a purpose that's within um, um, obviously the customers that we serve. It's a purpose that's to my co-founders and we're here. We committed to each other that we're doing this for the long term and we're here to do this. And um, and kind of being there and um, uh, for one another is, is very, very meaningful. Um, it's a purpose around Gusties and helping them achieve their career goals and their dreams. Um, and I think all of these, this kind of brings me to this point around motivation that comes from purpose. And that's something that I really, really believe in. I feel, um, feel like it's really easy in today's world where you are so free and open and you can do anything you want. You know, you go into the world and you can be this or you can be that. You can do this. You can do that. You can choose to solve this problem or that problem, which is the mindset of, of many, many folks who are starting companies, um, having some sort of a commitment, having some sort of commitments that you either choose or you fall into or you, you're born with. Commitment to your family, commitment to your community, commitment to whatever that is, your country, whatever that is, is a wonderful pulling force to give you purpose. Um, and that's what keeps me going for 10 years now. And I think we're going to keep, keep me going for a long time. Where do you find that purpose though in the day to day? Is it, is it in the day to day? Is it in the higher level idea of what Gusto is doing to, to the, to the small businesses? Is it in the friendship that you're building with your co-founders? What, what does it really come down to? I think, um, for me, the, when I, when I ask myself that question of what are my commitments, right? What is, I would say, what is my purpose? Then the first question after my purpose is let's look at my life. Let's look at the commitments that I have to people and, um, ask myself, how can I do better? So let's start with like fam on my family side. Like, how can I be a better husband? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better family member? How can I be a better friend? And when I look at these and how can I be a better co-founder and so forth? And when I look at these commitments, um, when I'm in my lowest lows, when I'm in moments that are, um, that I feel not motivated, when I, when I'm in moments where I feel like that I, I, I kind of lost my way and I'm not sure what I, why I'm doing what I'm doing anymore and what's driving me forward. And that these are moments that happen to everyone and definitely happen to me along the way. Um, I do that search of wait a minute. What's my commitments and can I do better? And that just gives me tons of purpose. So I, I really believe in that point that um, purpose is in your commitment. One of the things that I asked you before that really were meaningful to me and I'm going to take with me for a long time was this question of being a good person, right? And this question of what does it mean to be a leader? And at the end, you know, 500 episodes and I still haven't really figured out what, what it means to be a good leader because it yeah. changes. But one of the things that you that you started mentioning was this idea of you know, what is it? When do you know that you're a good leader mm -hmm. and that ambition? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your perspective on, you know, leadership in the day to day and yeah. this aspiration. Well, first, I feel like I, I feel underqualified to give an answer to like, you know, what's a good person or what's a good leader. But he's very but, qualified. But but again, I'll, I'll tell you what what I've seen in other people and what I try to emulate myself. Um, I think this journey of constant improvement, if you if you when I see people, whether I interview them for a junior position or whether I interview them for like, you know, uh, like running a huge, huge department in Gusto, um, whether it's an entrepreneur that's raising their first 
seed round ever, or whether it's someone who's like, you know, it's their third company, they're raising a, 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 a you know, a late stage round. What I'm looking for and what I've seen um, as the best indicator for long-term performance is this idea of constant improvement. So looking at like, what mistakes have I done? And then let's make sure I don't do them again. And I learn from that and move forward. And what have, what have gone well? And how do I make sure to do more of that? And I think that's true both on business, but also on your personal life. Um, taking, thinking about, you know, your relationships, thinking about people that you hurt because you hurt people. That's just a part of, unfortunately, a part of life. Thinking about the people that you hurt, thinking what you can learn from that and how can you do better next time? Um, obviously going back to them and amending and, and talking about it and being honest and humble. Like, Hey, I make mistakes. Um, here was my intent and here's what ended up happening. And I'm here to improve and I'm here to change. And, uh, we're all here to do this. And I think when you go through life, where you, when you think of yourself less of a static thing and more like a living, breathing, changing, well, you are living, breathing, but changing, um, constantly learning, improving and growing from your mistakes. Um, it's just like a much lighter load in life too, because it's okay. You let give yourself the opportunity to make mistakes. And that's really important. But it's pretty challenging in a world where we're almost being taught to run forward and chase and forget about the past and, 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 you know, chase after something forward too. Yeah. Just because of what a lot of what you're talking about is stopping, reflecting a little bit backwards at, at what we did and who we are, who we may have hurt and how to, and how to think through resolving that. That, that's, that it takes a lot of maturity mm -hmm. to do that. You know, yeah. what, what, what do you find works for you? As you're able to, because you're leading, you're, you're helping lead a company of 1500 people yeah. responsible for, you know, the day to day of over, of more than a hundred thousand small businesses. How do you have the time to stop right. and reflect? Am I being a good husband? Am I being a good yeah. father? A good leader? Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone has 24 hours every day and it's all a matter of your priority. So I think for us, it's a part, like for Gusto, on the Gusto world, it's, it's a part of our culture. So, you know, doing these retros, asking yourself what's gone well, what, 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 what didn't go well. That's one. And just, you make time for this. This is like a part of our weekly, uh, operating rhythm, whether you're within a pod of engineers or whether you're within a larger leadership team, asking, stopping and saying what went well, what didn't. Let's talk about it. Let's learn from it and move forward. And there's no, it's not about blaming. It's about learning. Um, but also in terms of relationships. So me and my Josh and me, Josh and Eddie are my, my co-founders. Um, you know, we still today, 10 years in, we have every week, we spend time together and we talk about things and we try to be, we're, I think we're kind of very self-reflection, reflection type of people. And we, we talk about these things, we talk about like what went well, what didn't, we talk about hard things. We give each other marital advice. We give each other advice about like, you know, raising kids and, um, and, and I think in, in a relationship that's long-term and, and commit and committed, um, you also have the opportunity to give people advice, like tell them the truth in the face. And that's really important to be on the receiver end of that. Because, you know, I, I just had a conversation with Josh two weeks ago. He gave me this really, really hard truth to my face about something actually about, about my family. And that was incredibly valuable because there's just a very few people who know you very well for 10 years and tell you some things and help you then resolve things as a result. Um, and, you know, relationships take time to build and that trust takes time to build. Um, so, um, that's a huge part of what, of what makes it anyway. 10 years in. Yeah. An amazing company that is still growing and still making a big difference. Uh, and what it sounds for me in your perspective, get only getting started and really building it for the long term. What have you learned? Not just about building a great business, but building a great culture. 
You know, you're a part of, you know, you, I, I walk into the Gusto offices besides the fact that I put my shoes aside and I put the amazing green and blue socks. Right. What, what have you learned about building really a family of yeah. 1500 people? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause a couple of things. I think so when we, we take our shoes off in the office, um, and you know, people get slippers so they can walk around <laughs> like, you know, without their feet being too cold. The reason that, that we do that is when we started the company, we started in our house. Uh, Josh, Eddie and I were roommates and in our house, we take our shoes off, but we grew up in a family like that. So we just continued with that. And, uh, once we moved to, to our first office, it just felt very natural to keep going. And, uh, still today, that's the situation. Now we're going to go back, you know, to, to the office from, uh, COVID and everything. So we'll see how that evolves. Um, which is, I think, an important point around like culture should evolve. It shouldn't be static. But, um, uh, but that's been pretty cool for 10 years now. And we have so many socks. We basically create every six months or so. There's a new line of socks, gusto socks. I know. I, I, you got, you got to come visit and then you get it. I, I missed two collections. Yeah, you probably missed quite a bit. And, um, um, and you know, people have these kind of wall of socks in the yeah. house. Like there's, there's some cool, cool stuff around it. But my daughter thought we we're a sock company, actually. Um, I can totally see that. Yeah, it's like gusto socks. Everything's gusto. Um, but yeah, to your question, so what, what did you learn? There's a lot, there's a lot, obviously, but I would say, um, being intentional around your values and around your principles and what makes you, you, what's authentic to you and how we want to build a company is really important. And if you don't go and define it and do the work, um, it's just going to happen to you. So culture, either you define it and it happens or according to what your overall direction is or, or it just happens to you and then you need to kind of fight it. Um, and I think in Gusto, we were always kind of two steps ahead in terms of what we should be doing according to the book in terms of like, did you define your values? Well, we did it a little bit earlier than most companies, like when we were like four or five people as opposed to like when we were 30 people. Um, Do, do you have like a career path with like leveling for every single department and all that stuff where we did it when we were around 20 people as opposed to many people wait until they're 50, 80 and so forth. And that's kind of being a little bit early is on one side feels as a startup person. It feels like, why are we wasting our time? It's HR stuff. And, and instead of let's go build and, and serve our customers. But I think that the other approach looking at this is people are the most important thing that makes your company. They build the product. They serve the customers, they come up with the ideas, they, they make everything. And if you want to make sure you bring in the right people, you want to make sure you bring, you, you help them grow in a way that aligns with your culture to the long term. And so that, this is a very, very worthwhile, um, set of things to do. So I, I highly encourage, um, to be, um, to kind of take this, this really, um, um, you know, thoughtful approach, do a little bit ahead of the curve, spending the time, having the tough conversation ahead of time to really talk about values. So those tough conversations, because you, Josh and Eddie, you came from different backgrounds, different yeah. countries, yeah. different cultures. Yeah. It can't be that the three of you had the exact same vision for how the company is going to look like throughout the 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, as three co-founders, where, you know, how do you, how do you handle through that? Because this is really, you know, building values for a family. How do you, how do you deal with those types of conflicts? Yeah. yeah let me just say something about family. So I think, um, I learned throughout my time in Gusto, and I think, uh, every founder learns this is that companies are not families. Um, you don't manage people out in families. You, you stick up with, stick with your families uh, throughout them no matter what. Um, and companies are more like teams, in my opinion. And it means that, um, you know, we are all here together for a mission. The most important thing is the customer and doing, doing a great job for them. And we as Gusties are important, obviously, but we are only here to serve someone else. Um, 
So sometimes there's just not the right alignment, like whether it's not about someone who's a bad person. It's this is not the right time in their career. It's not the right fit for their current skill set, where they want to go, to where Gusto is going. And then you need to part ways and that's okay. And that's totally fine. Um, so I would, I would highly encourage uh, founders to not use the family language as early as possible, because when you transition from we're family to we're a team, a lot of early uh, employees may not like that. Um, but it's an important thing to, important conversation to have. But about your, your point around like, you know, founders and alignment and values and all that stuff, actually like we were quite aligned. And I think value is something that you do come um, from home with and from your life experience. Values around what do you value over something else? So an example of a value is just what I said, like what's more important, the customer or the employee? And some companies will say one, some companies will say another, and that's okay. And there's different ways of building company. And I think Josh, Eddie, and I connected on like actually quite aligned on like we're here to serve the customer. It's more important for the cut for, for us to have um, an impact on our customers for us, small businesses uh, and their employees in America um, um, than, than our teams. Um, and that's a hard thing to say, but values are, they need to be hard. If it's all like, do good. And if, if, if you talk about a value and there's no trade-off implied, then it's not really a value. It's just like a, a truism. Like, do good. Of course, everyone wants to do good. Everyone right. wants, yeah. So. Thelma, thank you so much for sharing this time with me. I really appreciate that. I have a few more questions about you, though. I want, to take, yeah. I want you to take me back to your childhood. Okay. Middle school, Haifa. Okay. What really fascinates you as a kid? You're walking down the streets. What, what, you know, what drives you in your day to day? Yeah. I did, okay. The short, short answer or the long answer? I think the, the short answer, right? So, okay. So the short answer for this is, um, I loved books. I loved standing in front of big shelves of books about any random topic and just feel the enormity of the stuff that I, I could be learning. And one side, it was intimidating, but on the other side, it was truly inspiring to just see like, there's so much I don't know yet. And I want to, and I have, I have my life ahead of me to go and learn that. And I love that. That's just like, so now in my, as a parent, I try to have books everywhere in our house because I know it's, it was so meaningful to me. Wow. A specific genre that was the most fascinating to you. I, I like actually like nonfiction. I like like, just learning about things like really having psychology, wow. books, biology books, like science books, and, and just like just anything. Amazing. I just love the idea of, of learning new things. Today, something that inspires you, either an event, a person, some mission. Kids, kids inspire me today. I feel like, you know, as, as you know, I have, I have three young children, five, uh, Shira is five, Kobe is uh, three and Lavi is one. Seeing how they develop, and, uh, and, and learn and grow. It's just so inspiring because, you know, the growth rate and, and their, the ability of them to pick up new skills and, um, and just seeing how their thought process changes and just in front of your eyes is, is inspiring and it's one, it's just wonderful. And what are three words you would use to describe yourself? Three words to describe myself. Um, I'd say I am, um, optimist. I'd say I'm very impatient and, Let's see. That's the last one. This family member. This was amazing. Continue making a huge impact with Gusto. Thank you for inspiring me for two years now. Really appreciate it. Thank you for everything and stay safe and stealthy.